Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 10, entitled Fly. Uh, this is a bottle episode. This is officially what's known as a bottle episode. <laughs> we fucked that up a lot, but this is one. At least that's what Vince Gilligan thinks. I, I think everybody thinks so. Okay. It's got two of the leads. It's got one location. That's it. Although Vince did... he This is what started his fight was the three days out, right? Four, four days out, yeah. Uh, four days out. Uh-huh. Jesus. Now I'm going to start a new fight. <laughs> uh, and in the insider for this insider podcast for this episode, Fly, he refers to that as a bottle episode. That's a bottle episode that ballooned. I, kinda, I get like, it. They intended it to be like, one, but then... I, yeah, I don't Yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. remember all of it, but I just thought I got a grim laugh out of him referring yeah. to that as last season's bottle episode. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> How much hate mail did you get, Vince? If this isn't one, it's as close as you can get, right? <laughs> no, this is. I yeah, this is. I mean, there was two actors, yeah, two extras, one stuntman, and a whole <laughs> shit load of dead and plastic model flies. Yeah, and some uh, found and there's, footage there's like on YouTube. Two locations, I guess, if you count Walter's apartment, mm. or maybe outside the super lab. But yeah, the super lab is really where the bulk of this takes place. Obviously, sure. And there was previous, like I. Uh, at least I don't wasn't aware uh, before this episode of the super lab having a lounge area. Sort of break oh, room. with yeah, with the couch and the, the full the, 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 the cot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty cool to see that. Walt might have set that up this episode. I don't know. This is a pretty to this day polarizing episode of Breaking Bad. I was over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I was playing some Destiny with some of the crew, and I brought up the fact that we were just about to start fly and like. You know, in the way that six people frequently do, they'd started talking over each other and it's like, oh, that's really, oh, that stupid one, the fly. Like all these <laughs> opinions started coming out of these people's mouth. And I thought it was funny yeah. that, you know, especially going back and on a rewatch, this episode is almost like a very high quality fan service episode hmm. because okay. there's so many just deep cuts into Jesse and Walt's relationship. And there's so much like, Jesse smack and Walt in the face of the fly swatter. <laughs> uh-huh. make, make it count, Jesse. Oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna make it count. Yeah. It's it's great. It it comes across as farce and them just kind of like outwitting each other and uh it's 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 great. It's one of my all time favorites. Easily a top five episode. Okay. I was gonna ask you how you felt about it, but I think that sums it up. How I about you? I totally agree. Yeah. I, I think this is I I would say maybe there are two episodes that I like better than this one, period, in the whole series. Uh, Ozymandias being one of them, and maybe... uh, I I forget the second-to-last episode's name, but I really love that episode. Uh, But yeah, this is fantastic, and I think you know it's carried on the back of the strength of Aaron Paul and Bryan Cranston. Uh, Their their relationship in the show and what you can tell is obviously obviously a relationship outside of the show like as people sure um really just carries a day in this episode yeah and there's there's so much wrapped up in you know the history of the show and all this stuff that you you really get a feeling for what breaking bad is the the comedy the drama the the chaos the tranquility of it you know it's it's all in this episode. And it keeps you kind of in suspense because I think when you're first yeah. watching this, there's part of you that's like, you know, starts off like, what the fuck is Walt doing? Is this some kind of <laughs> mental break uh-huh. over him now realizing what kind of danger he's in? Yep. Um, is it a reaction to Jesse's 
like starting to, to steal product? Like, what is, is is the cancer coming back? Is he like acting irrational because of that? <laughs> uh-huh. And it carefully kind of peels those back. I I don't know. I again watching it back, I just I thought the first half of this episode was so much fun to watch as a Breaking Bad fan, mm-hmm. and the back half is so intimate as far as like so many hand over your mouth, like oh shit, like. There's at least two points in this episode where you think that Walt's about to confess for Jane. Yeah. And what, you know, what would happen if that ever came to light? How would Jesse <laughs> react to that information? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and know. then at the end, you know, you feel kind of bad for Walt here because he, he feels so sorry for what he's done. Um, and then when he goes and he tries to just gently tap Jesse on the shoulder and say, I know what you're doing. This is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I, I won't be able to help you here if things break bad. Uh, and Jesse just totally, like, even after the the moments they've had in this episode, he totally just shuts him down and says, fuck you. I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, I've got a lot of thoughts about that. I've got okay. a lot of thoughts about this episode, <laughs> which we probably should think so. get to talking about. I do want to yeah. share an email that I thought was pretty cool from... La- like I think it was two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, but a Judd B. No, it's for the last. I don't know when I got the fuck it. No one cares. This, <laughs> the nature of time and space, especially this pre-recorded podcast, is is nebulous. It's but a Judd bottle B., email. Uh, yeah, he he had this uh, a- after he watched the Los Polos Hermanos cold open, yeah, f- pseudo commercial. He says, uh, would you guys, before you turn out the lights on Breaking Good once and for all, list all your top five cold opens? Oh, that's a tough question. And I thought, it's like, okay, with three weeks to go, uh, that would be cool to ask uh, everybody their opinion and see kind of like maybe what a consensus top five would be. He has some really good ones. Uh, The opener for season five, Live Free or Die. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't really talk about any of these because they're massive spoilers. They are, but let's just leave that one at that. So that one, uh, Kafka-esque, which we know is Los Pollos Hermanos. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another one. uh, (laughs) Ozymandias, the finale. finale. There's Mike and the Chicken Truck is all I'll say about that one. Actually, that's not the finale. Yeah. Ozymandias is not the finale, no. It's a couple away from the finale. Uh, And then season one, episode six, Crazy Handful of Nothing. Uh, yeah. the Walt lecturing Jesse on how the business be ran intercut with Heisenberg walking away from this massive explosion. And then there's like the Narcocaritas video. Yeah, Negro which is, awesome. is number five, episode, yep. season two, episode seven, because who doesn't like a good narco corrido ballad? I think it'd be fun. I've got a yeah. couple of different ideas for some of these, but it'll be fun to hear everybody because this show has got a lot, many, many, many. It's, I'm really sure awesome cold opens. a bunch I don't remember even. You yeah. Know? So that's I thought that's a fun topic, and I want to get it out there early because it is something I want to do in the wrap-up cast. Yeah. But let's get going. Okay. We start off with close-ups of a fly, which is the cold open here. Uh, but you know that this is this was all stuff they found on YouTube, on okay. some science channel. I was going to say it fits totally with the theme of the nature videos yeah. that Jesse's been watching, the yeah. elephant videos that Walt talks about. Sure. Uh, so I really like how it meshes with the episode. Uh, and then Walt wakes up at 2 a.m. He's He stays up all night until 6, where he's looking very tired. And when he gets to work, he's just kind of sitting in his car, zoning out. Jesse comes up and taps his window, and they go into the super lab and start a deep clean of the entire place. And we didn't talk about this, but this this is a Ryan Johnson episode? Yeah, yeah. Written by Sam Catlin and Myra Wally Beckett, 
who has won Emmys for her work on Breaking Bad. Sure. Uh, Ryan Johnson has, is kind of known for his action-oriented style, his kinetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there's a couple little touches. Like, on a bottle episode, it's weird to give it him this. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of little touches, like that glass wrapping scene, where it's kind of like, I'm not even sure how to describe it, but... It's like a quick cut. Like, they cut out a little bit of they the... Drop, but they drop the sound, but it's kind of like getting quieter and quieter and quieter, and everything's focusing more on Walt, and then the outside world, like, snaps him out of it. And then you can yeah. hear suddenly everything come back which i guess a lot of sound design and all that stuff but i thought that that uh-huh. particular sequence was kind of a, a nice ryan johnson there's a lot of you know when i was watching i saw directed by ryan johnson i'm like oh i was like you know it's a weird choice <laughs> but then i started looking for the touches and yeah. it's certainly there they're all over the place uh speaking of sound before i forget this because i'm sure i won't remember it when we get to that scene uh there's I don't know if this is Kelly Dixon doing this in edit or if this is like something the sound designer specifically said to do, but like the super lab has got to be super loud as well, right? Yeah, like echoey. But but they play it like it's completely silent, and you you get a hint of that when Walt is trying to swap this fly and he hits a switch mm-hmm. and he turns the machine back on. Mm-hmm. You can hear the machine going for a while and it just kind of slowly fades into the background, like right, like you're. You're given a hint as to what this place probably sounds like yeah. on a given day, but we uh, don't want to hear that all the time. Right. No, that's a good. So it's real cool. That's that's a nice touch. Uh, I, I, I love some of the stuff that they're talking about while they're doing this cleanup. Uh, Jesse's like, yeah, we need people to clean all this stuff for us. Yo, Gatorade me, bitch. Uh-huh. The ass-licking uh, like hyenas, beta uh-huh. hyenas. And you get, you know, a Ryan Johnson touch right up front with the brush cam. Yeah, I said not is, just brush cam, clipboard cam, clipboard cam. Uh-huh. Uh, lots of cool stuff like that. And I yeah. uh, just at this point in the episode Jesse's still kind of like smarting from the tyranny of Gus. And mm-hmm. he's you know, as they're walking past all these wage slaves, you know, they're clocking in the work I'm surprised you does make us do that, etc. Yeah. And they are. Like I guess that's not a bad point. Although, hmm, I don't, yeah. I, I, I mean, all these people know that there's something going on here. But they don't know what, and maybe that's valuable to Gus. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a ring of employees, and everyone's on a need-to-know basis. So not having cleaning ladies or gentlemen go down there and scrub shit out probably yeah. does save on the operational security aspects of it. But it is yeah. funny just watching them taking everything apart and clean. Mm-hmm. It's it, something you don't you don't think about, right? No, right, right, right. But I, they've got to do it. But with Walt's standards of cleanliness, yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a must. So Walt's kind of doing some math here, and he figures out that their output has been off for a while now. Uh, we know that it's the amount that Jesse has taken, uh, but Walt's kind of confused by it. And then Jesse kind of surprises Walt by suggesting this vestiges mm-hmm. uh, idea. The, the crud the stuff they're cleaning out of Je- the tanks. Yeah, Jesse calls it crud that they're cleaning out of the tanks. But and I feel like maybe if Walt isn't so tired, he figures this out sooner. Mm, maybe doesn't, it doesn't take him all episode to to say, "Hey, it's not vestiges, it's not condensation, it's not any of this stuff." But you also really get the impression that Jesse knows what he's doing at this point, right? He's suggesting evaporation and spillage. And I like, thought that was fun that he's just trying to come up with like innocently like. Oh, and, sure, and, yeah. And the fa- I guess I but don't the, know the idea that he can even come up with these 
possible explanations. Doesn't seem like a season one Jesse thing. At sure, all. it's a it's it's a way, ways away from building a a robot to <laughs> rescue them from and, the desert. Sure, you know he doesn't know what condensation is called, but he but understands the, other thing, the concept. The opposite evaporation. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah the you're beer right. Bo- the beer bottle thing. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I I don't know. I but thought that was cool. Even early on, Jesse starts worrying about. Walt, like you know, are uh-huh. you just even at this early phase, it's like, are you okay? There's something off about you. Yeah. And then we get the first shot of the fly buzzing around Walt's head, and he begins to hunt it, and it lands on the ceiling, and he throws his shoe up there, but he gets stuck in a light, so he goes up to to try to kill this fly, and he ends up falling off the upper level. In Which a I remember. Stunt. I remember when I started to see the premise of this episode. And I, the first time I watched it, I remember thinking, oh, they're building tension with this to where Brian Cranson or Aaron Paul are going to break their fucking neck. <laughs> and as I was like thinking that mental, it happened. And Walt yeah. takes this nasty, sick fall. I don't, I can't even figure out how they pulled this shot off. Well, I looked for it before I got the explanation because when, okay. uh, when it happened, I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't remember this. Really? Uh, huh. And I know that, you know, this is a bottle episode and I heard that there was only like that there was only just those two and the two extras that they talked to Aaron or sorry, Jesse talks to when he asked for the Axo, El Axo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, those are the only people in it. So I guess stunt stuntmen are not considered actually actors. They're uh, like they're a whole okay. other type of crew. Sure. But but I'm also thinking there's no way fucking Brian Cranston took this fall. Of course not. But if you look at it and look at it very slowly, there's a there's like two frames that kind of fuzz out mm. of focus. And I guess what happened is they left the camera running and uh Brian Cranston looked at how the guy fell. And this guy took a sick vicious. They, everyone on set said, I like, can't imagine. We, it's like sometimes in editing, they'll like take a f- couple frames out to make it look really savage. Oh, yeah. Uh, like you can tell, like, when Jesse slapped Walt, they actually, that was probably slow sleep, speed slap that they kind of sped up. And it's only a couple frames anyway. Yeah. But she goes, We did nothing to make that fall uh, look more brutal. It looks brutal. He goes, Maybe the sound guys punched it up with some bangs, but she mm-hmm. goes, It's pretty much straight up. And the guy's laying there, and Brian like looks how he's laying. The guy got up, he laid in exactly that thing, and then they edited wow. together. And I think they did a little bit of digital kind of like blur or interpolation. Interpolation. They did a hell of a job on it. It is. I really like, couldn't tell. At full speed, it is impossible to tell. Yeah, it's just so good. Great stuff. Uh, and this is kind of the beginning where you can see, oh, this is Walt. You know, flailing around trying to fix the problems that he can't fix. Sure. Uh, in typical bumbling Walt fashion. Uh, then we go to the next day, which you might actually miss that it's the next day here. Like maybe uh, Aaron Paul went to lunch or something. Sure. But Jesse parks outside the lab. He sees a cigarette with Jane's lipstick on it before he goes inside. And he kind of gives a longing, mournful look there. Sure. Still on his mind. Yep. And when he goes inside, Walt's ranting about some kind of contaminant, which Jesse thinks is Ebola well, or the, something. The door is pressure. That's the first oh, thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a hurricane effect when he tries to open the door. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Walt tells him it's just a fly, and he flips out. And Walt tries to explain it, but Jesse doesn't think it's a problem. And then the timer goes off for their cook, and Jesse's trying to add some ingredients. And Walt says, no, 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 no. We got to deal with this fly first, which is crazy. I mean, it's obviously crazy. Walt is sleep deprived. Walt sure. has a lot on his mind. It's, I guess, understandable in the situation. 
Well, that's but the thing. But it's also still a little crazy. That's why I think it's so fan servicey because there's this stuff like, oh, is that your fly saber? And <laughs> Walt being like defensive about it. Well, it works quite well. Thank you very much. That is just like Walt and Jesse both turned up to 11 and yeah. shoved in this room. And that's why I think it's so, so entertaining. But it's also like one of the reasons he does this. And also, Jesse at, at the end's like, you didn't happen to try our product, did you? Like, he's like, okay, this, I, I, if you were tweaking, I could totally get this obsession with cleanliness. Yeah. I can relate to that, Mr. White. <laughs> but, like, this goes back to Walt's fanatically clinging to the pure, unadulterated product. Mm-hmm. Like, that was his kind of rationale. Well, these people are going to do this anyway. You know, we're going to make a lot of money, but we're going to do the, the right way. I mean, this is him trying to salve his tattered conscience yeah. with that rationalization at its most extreme form. Yeah, and eventually even that breaks down, right? He goes uh, at the end of the episode into his rant about, you know, Jesse and, and Jane and Donald Margulies, and then he's like, it's all contaminated. And we've seen Walt do this kind of manic type of things before, mm. uh, avoidance behavior, yeah. and we will probably see him do more of it. But I kind of feel like this is the most extreme form of it. Yeah. It almost, yeah. almost, but not quite unbelievable. And I wonder if that's some of the fans who really hate this episode, beyond the fact that it doesn't really move the plot forward. If it's like, man, I just don't buy this guy would actually do this. This seems like a Ray Bradbury short story where he's trying to make a point about the human condition, not so much as a actual day out of Walter White's life. It's so extreme. So I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think it is perhaps a little too extreme, but they try to deal with that by saying that he's been sleep deprived. And you get the, the impression that this is not the first night, right? Like he didn't just miss a few hours of no, sleep, but now it. he's gone insane. This is a pattern. This has happened over and over and over, night after night. Sure. And and and, and like, with everything weighing on his conscience, you start to understand yeah. what type of mind state he's in. Yeah. And I think that makes it all okay. Yeah. My, and you got to remember, opinion. I'm the guy that said all these great things about the episodes. I don't necessarily feel this way, but I can kind of at least see where people are getting at that, like, some of the things they do to make it more believable, mm-hmm. like, you know, give him the... Um, multiple days of zero sleep are also kind of they also move the ball into the less believable territory because like i would buy you know and someone something bad happens to someone they kind of engage in nonsensical behavior as a way to avoid engaging with the detail but yeah the fact that this is sustained over multiple days is also something that's like okay this is like a a madness that lasts for 48 to 72 hours that's kind of this is like an actual fugue state that he's undergoing so it's like yeah kind of I, but, I mean, it, it all clears up once he has a, a good night of sleep, right? Mm. Like, you, you that's that's why I think it works, is because they bookend the show with those two things. Well, but the contaminants also destroyed, but it's not. That, the, the thing that's brilliant, about, yeah. one of the most brilliant things about this episode is the final shot, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, the <laughs> uh, what do you call that? The substitute issue has been resolved, but the underlying issue is still unresolved. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's a lot of that tied up with Jane that we'll talk about. And you also think there's like they keep on putting like clocks on it. Like we only have another hour before this batch goes bad. 
we were only like two episodes removed from the fact that Walt has to cook double the batch. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. already been resolved. But, I think so, yeah. But you've, it, it kind of puts in your mind that there is an invisible clock ticking, too, that never actually pans out. Like, they're never actually in danger of anything from the result of Walt's, which, I don't know, is that cool or not? Like, would this episode work better if there was some real stakes? Because it feels like it was pretty easy for Jesse to just give in and be like, all right, old man, I'm going to indulge your delusions because there's no risk to any of us. Yeah, I mean, well, he partially does that because of the clock, too, right? Like, he's concerned about getting this batch if we just get cooked. this goddamn fly then we can yeah. get on with it yeah maybe it'll take an hour okay and, and we can just be done with it and move on and cook but i don't know that the episode even needed that right like i'm like you said it doesn't pan out the the timer is not an issue because days pass at yeah. least one full day passes there's no way that batch is still good oh, at yeah. the end jesse resumes it doesn't resume the cook but i fully believe he starts to cook over yeah uh yeah i don't, I don't know that they needed that mm. So maybe a little fat to trim. Anyway, Jesse tries to sneak this cook in because of the timer. Um, Walt catches him. They get into a fight. The fly lands on his face. And Jesse takes the opportunity <laughs> to smash him with the swatter. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make it count. <laughs> Good stuff. Also, you and I watched this on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of shocker that Walter screams motherfuck here. Does he? Yes. As soon as he gets hit, he goes, motherfuck. Like that. Oh, wow. Which okay. is a completely opposite, absent of the original broadcast. I assume so, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I don't think this counts as one of their official fucks, because it probably hmm. just him going, mother, maybe even didn't say anything in the real broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can imagine that hurt pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. Walt doesn't hit Jesse nearly that hard with the thing in the shoulder. Jesse's complaining. Oh no, no, Jesse, he squared he squared up <laughs> and and swung for the fences. And he gets him on one so too. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, I just love that he's it's he's he's secret cooking, but he's also trying to rationalize and like win the argument. Like, you know, you know what's in hot dogs, pig lips, and assholes. <laughs> and there's an acceptable amount of rat turd that you can uh-huh. get in food. And you know what I say? Bring it on, bitches, because I love hot dogs. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. Also, and they have the least picky customers ever, you know. I think it's interesting how this 50-50 partnership works out. What do you uh, mean? Because like he says that's an order, you can't cook until we find this and he's like, "Let's oh, 50-50 partner." Um, I will say that as 50-50 partners with you, it seems like that you can't order anyone to do shit. The only thing you can do sure. is say, I'm not going to participate or I'm not going to allow the company's funds to participate in something. It's like almost like you have veto powers or yeah. holdout powers, but you don't have any way to like unilaterally go through. Or I guess if Jesse wanted to unilaterally go through and cook, could Walt have stopped him? I mean, he could have stopped in the sense that he could go around and shut all the machines down and, like, piss in the vat. I mean, yeah, that's the thing about the 50-50 partnership, right? Like, yeah. if somebody gets a wild hair and sure. wants to shut down operations because of a fly, there's only one super lab. Yeah. So it's not like they can both go off and cook. Like, right. one of them can cook, one of them can shut down the lab. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a battle of wills at that point, right? I remember because we, we set up this company through a lawyer. I can't remember if he gave us this speech, but I... A year after we formed this company, I formed a company with somebody else, and we did another 50-50 partnership, and our the lawyer begged us. He's like, this, <laughs> it's like, look, 50-50 partnerships are a terrible idea. Like, I know uh-huh. none of you want to do it, 
But like someone needs like the fifty one forty nine because yeah. you cannot let your company get gridlocked. And he's like, and he he goes also food for thought. If you can't resolve an issue like this, this is why you need. It's like you know the fact you need sure. the fifty one and forty nine, and there should be an equitable way to resolve that amongst yourself. Is the evidence that you need a forty nine fifty one split, uh-huh. which is all true. But like hell, you know, it's like I. Ah. Yeah, it works here because we're both pretty reasonable people sure. most of the time. Sure, and it's like <laughs> but I could see that is like I want to cover the show. I don't want to cover the show. Okay, well, I can either find someone else to do it or not. It's not yeah, usually, yeah. you know, are we going to make this million dollar product or f- hunt for the, a fly? You're saying the stakes are small. The stakes are a little smaller. <laughs> sure, sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, he misses the fly during this this incident. And Walt is ranting incoherently afterward. Jesse convinces him to go outside for some fresh air, but Walt takes his keys and shuts the door behind him. Uh, Jesse goes to find something to bash the door open with, but it, instead he no. turns off the power. You know, it's funny because this thing reversed my expectations twice because when Jesse was talking into getting air, I yeah. thought, sure, he was going to do this to Walt. He's going to slam him out and be like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to get to cooking, yo. Yeah. And it didn't. And I'm like, oh, this is Walt. Rope it open, Jesse, and then Jesse getting the upper hand. I thought was pretty awesome. Also, yeah. Jesse giving props to the fly. He's got some skills, yo. I'll have to give him that <laughs> again. This man, this episode is really fucking funny. Hilarious, yeah, yeah. But also, there's a kernel of truth here with Walt saying, "There's no more room for error." Yes, not with these people. And I think he's mm-hmm. talking about his life too, oh, like. Yeah. With his wife and his kids, like if he does one more misstep or that is going to fly apart, the thing with and more Gus, importantly with Gus, yeah, I mean he's starting to realize like what are the exit strategies for this? Yeah, there's no golden parachute. There's cement shoes. There's the, in in this kind of business. Seems like it. Uh, also, I noticed that. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that their deep cleaning left a raisin on the floor, like. How deep was this cleaning? Well, that's the Yo. other thing. It's like I'm surprised Jesse didn't say anything about contaminants there, although I guess yeah, you just yeah. don't want to make the crazy person crazier. Sure. Walt would have gone off on another tirade. Yeah. Uh, and then so when <laughs> so afterward, Walt gets this like limp fly swatter, which is hilarious. And he goes after uh, the fly. And when the lights go out, he yells bitch, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's an influence from Jesse mm-hmm. creeping in or what, but I think it was a son of a bitch, though. D- did he? Did yeah, because I, 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 my second time through, I was watching this with the subtitles on ah. while I was taking my notes, and okay. it did, yeah, there, that's I think that's how I got the motherfuck, too. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to shout out to what I think has got to be a deliberate pulp fiction montage. Where Jesse goes up to get the axe and he finds the small oh, hammer, yeah. uh-huh. then he finds the, like the wrecker bar, and uh-huh. then he, you know, it just it's it's shot the same way. The reactions are the same. He eventually gets the katana. He, <laughs> exactly the L. He finds the L, not L axo, but L hammer or O. Yep. The uh, to, the twat hammer. I, uh, sure, I'm sure it could be used on that. Why not? Maybe he'll carve the word. He'll use his woodworking skills to carve the word twat on it. Just. <laughs> Just to make his own little private joke. Great. Uh, Jesse brings some fly traps to the lab, and the guys hang them up all over. And Jesse makes Walt a cup of coffee with some sleeping meds mixed in. And while they drink it, Jesse tells a story about how his grandmother got obsessed with this opossum that got into the house. His his aunt? I think the same aunt he lived with and bequeathed in the house. 
sort of. Yeah, yeah, okay. The one had cancer, yeah. Um, and, and even after they killed it, she thought it was in the house, and it just drove her crazy, but they found out it was the, the brain cancer um, later on. So you can see that Jesse's worried about Walt's health here. Mm-hmm. you know. And Walt recognizes that and says, I've been to the doctor recently, I'm fine. Um, giving you know, the audience as well, a little touchstone for his health, because that's always kind of a background factor. You know, Walt could come out of remission at any point and be right back in the same boat he was in before. Sure. Um, So it's good to check in on that every once in a while. And then after this all happens, Walt kind of starts thinking about what the perfect moment would have been for him to die. And this is where the episode for me shifts a gear, a higher gear from fan service to like critical piece of Breaking Bad canon and lore. Yep. Um, this is this whole rest of the episode is a beautiful examination of the morality and ethics and and hopes and desires versus actual things that have happened. And I I think it's incredible. Yeah. And it kind of dovetails into the question of when, you know, the perpetual question about when you kind of ditch Walt here, when are you not? on Walt's side anymore. Yeah, and I actually spent a good amount of time because uh, what's interesting is like I first watched this before the long holiday weekend because uh, this is the Tuesday after the uh, Labor Day weekend. And so I, and consequently, I had an unusual amount of time to like have things kind of kick in my head. And I started thinking like, could I outdo Walt? Like when, is, when would be the perfect time for him to die? Hmm. It's hard to find a better time than the one he pinpoints. Yeah, I think so. It's before his family knew what he was up to, and I mean, he had the money. You and, think about the car, you know, like, God knows, I don't like the car, the plane crash, but you think yeah. about that in the cosmic slider, too, and the fact that maybe, like, if he had ever, he never left, then Jane and Jesse never get that money. Yep. They'll probably have, maybe they clean out. Like, so many things. Maybe. And, yeah. Yeah. I it, It's 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 hard to find. I, I spend a lot of time trying to think what would be the better one, and like, okay, well, assume he survived this season what would be like the perfect time. It's really hard to find a better time. It is. I mean, once his family knows what he's up to, once yeah. Skylar is found out, uh, he loses that idea of the missing, you know, you want them, you want them to, to remember you the way you want them to remember you. Right. So now he, the contaminant is in his the, life to the point exact, where, and that's why the he f- can't, he can't get it out. Yeah. It's, it's done. His, his, that's the thing. Like, his life was unspoiled. Like, yeah. you know, maybe his family didn't respect him like they should have, or they didn't have the all sure. the relationships in order. But, you know, everything that Walt Jr. says about him being like a good man and decent, these are things that were built on before he got cancer. Yeah. So he would have left a good life and, and, and positively impacted a lot of lives. And it's you can't just be like a little bit of a meth dealer. You know, that's the fly. That's not, that's yeah. like, you know, that's a hell of a contaminant to yeah. mix into someone's life. <laughs> For sure. And then you add the fact that you've killed people. Uh-huh. Uh, Hundreds yeah. of people at this point, if you yeah. want to extend it to sure. what happened with Jane and her father. Sure. But then uh, also just the, the meditation on the cosmic joke that, like, it not quite, it makes me like the plane crash more. Okay. The fact that, you know, again... Not much more, but the fact that they actually used this in the fly episode, and he talks about what a cosmic joke it was. Yeah, and that the, the maybe, think of the odds, calculate the odds, Jesse, and then maybe that this means something. Yeah, like what and 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 Walt, I guess like consciously trying to deny what it could mean, 
even as he asks, like, you know, the, well, the obvious implication is, you know, you were given a choice of whether you're going to do good or evil and you, you chose, chose poorly. Evil. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he, I get the impression during this episode that he's looking for some kind of forgiveness or absolution or something, um, which he isn't given by the end of this episode. No. You know, he he's searching for it, but he's not going to find it, uh, which is is tragic. You know, th- this whole this whole speech he gives is tragic. And let me ask you this. How? So he t- he talks about how they talked about family. You can see that Jesse is like trying to be cool about this, but you can tell he really wants nothing more than to hear what Donald Margolis's last words were. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, we talked about family and how you never get up on, uh, up on family. And yep. I didn't. How does Jesse take this? Do you think that Jesse sees this as. I mean, obviously, he gets the layer about, like, he never gave up on Jane, even at the end. Mm-hmm. Do you think he gets this as a transference for Walt's feelings about himself? Is I it... don't think that Jesse quite understands what Walt's doing here. Does Walt, least, is this Walt viewer... consciously including Jesse? Because that's what I was trying to think. Is yes. Does Jesse see, 100%. like, oh, shit, he's talking about me? He d- No, he does not see that, but Walt certainly is. I feel like he if he doesn't see it, he feels it. And then, and then what now, what I, okay, what, maybe, I'm, it's maybe. weird because I'm the exact opposite of you. I thought Jesse got it and that in Walt's eyes, I actually wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing that he was talking really? about like, I mean, I don't know how else I can read that, right? If Walt himself is saying that he made the choice not to give up on family and he knows, we know what he did with Jane yeah. He's got to be saying, I made the choice here to protect Jesse from this life that he was going to have with Jane. But I don't, but that's the thing. Like, I don't think that's what his thought process was. His thought process really? was, I need to eliminate Jane because she's fucking shit up, not yes, because that, I need to that's save That's exactly Jessie. what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. So, so you're saying she's fucking shit up for his family, like his actual literal yeah, she's family? She's calling, she's blackmailing him, she's threatening to expose him. Also, he knows, hmm. like, he's also smart to know that once he gives him Jesse's money, this isn't going away. Okay. Like, after they, if, if, let's say they get, let's say they survive yep. the half million dollar hair. They go to Belize, binge. they blow it all. They yep. lose all their money, they get it stolen, whatever. There's going to be another phone call at Walt saying, you know, <laughs> really. Jesse gave you this whole idea. If it wasn't for Jesse cooking meth, you would have never gotten this. We need your, we need half of your cut too, yeah. or we're going to expose you, huh? No, okay. I thought him killing Jesse Jane was very much a s- selfish act, and maybe he. But here's the thing: Jesse couldn't. Jesse doesn't know that he killed Jane, right? Yes. So Jesse couldn't make the connection that he was protecting. Yes. Jesse, uh, which is why I think that Walt has to make that connection because we as an audience, I. Th- think also make that connection right so here's my interpretation like he doesn't do it 100 percent for his literal family here's my interpretation after i watched this i watched the scene a bunch and thought about it okay i think this moment is simultaneously when walt first saw jesse as his consciously saw him as a surrogate son okay, and jesse yeah. just woke up to the fact that all this dynamic and why i care so much about this guy is because he's a surrogate father. They both came to the realization at the exact same time. And that's what I think the performances are conveying. Yeah. But it's a subtle, subtle, subtle <laughs> magic they're working. And it is. Uh, people are free to disagree with me. Okay. Uh, the next day, Walt asked uh, about the cook and how it went. Um, 
Jesse says everything is good. Walt calls him over the car, tells him that he knows about the missing meth. Uh, and Jesse denies it in what, what I feel is a little bit of a heartbreaking moment. Like we talked to, I talked about it briefly earlier. I think him not recognizing how much Walt cares about him and not recognizing that Walt views him as a son, kind of. I, I, I feel like these two scenes together make me think that Jesse doesn't realize quite what Walt was saying. But it's so weird because Either I felt that like they got very intimate ass. at the end of like when he killed the fly and when he looks down and Walt's asleep and he kind of tucks him in. Yeah. Also, I forgot the, to mention fly cam as well. Fly cam was yes. fucking awesome. Um, I, I it's I don't know because I think Walt was in the way Walt is trying to protect Jesse and be like, look, son, you know, I don't know if you're doing these things, but if you are doing these things, please be smart or maybe even stop. Yeah. Jesse saw this as Mr. White being a dick. He didn't take it. Uh-huh. And and I think when he rolled down the window, because he's, you know, Jesse saw him kind of with this thoughtful look on his face. Mm-hmm. And he's going to expect to roll down the window and be like, you know, I was having a moment there, Jesse. And thanks for helping me through. He was expecting something more along the lines of like a friendly, like, gotcha. hug. This yeah. was, he was looking for a, a, uh, a family matters final 30 seconds or a full house, you know, where everybody <laughs> kind of like has learned their lesson and hugs it out. Uh-huh. And it's don't, you better not be stealing. And I think that rubbed in the wrong way. Yeah. And it's, it's sad too, because I mean, that is exactly how a father would speak to a son, right? Like, well, it's if, how Jesse's father If you get mixed has... up in this, I cannot protect you. Like uh, that's, he's, he's not, really trying to control him here he's just telling him look this is the reality of it and i've i've made these mistakes i know what's best but you're not going to listen to me because you're a kid and also it's like do you know how many times jesse's heard that exact same speech from his own father oh a hundred so it's like all this stuff is hitting him but that's yeah that he was wanting a finally a unconditional love moment or some kind of respect and appreciation what he got was yeah, a yeah. lecture a well-meaning he, lecture. he wanted to be a partner and instead walt looks at him looks at him like a kid right yeah sure i mean <laughs> that's this is kind of where is, it goes this is early season uh american chopper you know Polly Polly jr oh kind God. of dynamic <laughs> <laughs> exactly i think that's what they were going for uh Later that night, Walt's laying in his bed. This in this episode has more endings than fucking Return of the King, does it not? Like when Jesse mm. shuts the door and the screen goes black, I'm like, yeah. you know, uh, produced and written by or produced by Vince Gilligan. I'm like, fuck no. Then when he's like, who's asking you? And he Walt pulls off and he throws the cigarette, it fades to black. I'm like, end of the episode. Yeah, I. It, they kept on tacking more and more on. It's almost like, oh, Jesus, we just got 43. We got a couple minutes to fill. All they, right, Ryan. They do, but none of it felt wrong. No, you're right. It, it all it all felt right. I, I mean, th- you need this final moment. That's the criticism of Return of the King, too. It's got so many false endings, but you needed all those endings to resolve everything. So fuck me, I guess. Yeah. What are you going to do? But yeah, we see the, this final the fly shot. landing on this big blinking red light. Did it land there or detector. is... Walt just fucking delusional. Uh, good question. I because mean, I, I I watched this a whole bunch of times, and to me, it seems like that Walt that fly didn't land there. That that's just Walt. This is the contaminant that won't go away. It could be. I mean, certainly it's his conscience sure. bothering him. This isn't. Yeah, this isn't like uh, something I'm going to go to war over. But that's my interpretation. 
I, I think that's perfectly valid. Like, uh, who it, it ultimately doesn't matter, right? It's telling us that Walt's troubles are not over, that he has resolved nothing here, and that he's still got all of this stuff hanging over his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes episodes like this, episodes where you get an insight into what Walt's thinking and how Walt feels about the things that he's done are a big reason why people don't just out outright detest Walt um, for the stuff he's done. Cause you, you feel like he has a little bit of remorse. Yeah. He's a, com- he's also a complicated dude. He is very much, um, you know, he gets angry. He, he's prideful. He lashes out, but also he's a, a self-reflective type of person. Yeah. I, you, you so you binge watch car, uh, Narcos this weekend. Too. I did. Yeah. Whole thing. <laughs> and I got a lot like there's a little bit of that only a much, much ext- more extreme version yeah. with Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. Like there is a kernel of all these things he said about wanting to save Colombia and the things he could do for Colombia. There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, but just his pride ego uh, and, and yeah. get, get in the way uh, on a grand Ambition scale. Yeah, sure. All sorts of stuff. But I thought that was that that was a kind of interesting counterpart to this this episode. Because yeah. there's almost like some fly moments in uh in, in narcos where he's like smoking weed with some of his advisors and you can kind of see that like even he's like, Wow, this is kind of fucked up. Uh-huh. Uh, this isn't what I wanted to do, but nevertheless, you know. <laughs> Here we go. Weird to see people planning executions uh over a bowl of wheat, you know? It's like you don't associate clear head marijuana with, with like wanting to be like hey we need to get these fuckers oh that guy, wow. we need to kill him really good you know it's like that's uh, not the kind of mellow behavior i associate with the herb yeah what i mean hell pablo most of his guys are on coke so that's true I, i'm surprised that he wasn't frankly he, yeah but yeah, that, that's smart seem, yeah that's smart you don't get high on your own supply never you get uh, you use someone else's supply that's why i don't listen to podcasts that's <laughs> <laughs> I do. I listen to a shitload of podcasts. Just not ours. Not, not ours. your own supply. Of course. Uh, okay. So now's about the time you, you're probably asking yourself, because uh, I know I would in your place. Like, how, how how am I listening to all this great free content about a show that's mm. been off the air for two years? Like, that can't make good financial sense, can it? <laughs> well, it depends on who you ask, but uh, you you can help sweeten you can help sweeten the, uh, the 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 financial side of that equation by supporting us, and you can go to support.baldmove.com. I'll tell you about two great options. Number one is the club. This is where you get some you get some bang for your buck. Uh, what it is is you go to club.baldmove.com. You can sign up for as low as a dollar a month, and you get behind the scene videos of us recording a podcast. You get ad free podcasts. You don't have to listen to this spiel ever again. Uh, you get access to lunch with Jim and Aaron, a little ve- video variety show that we do on a weekly basis where you can ask us questions and participate live on the air. Uh, and a lot of other fun things. We got the silent movies, like a thing where we take all the dialogue of a film that the other person hasn't seen. And we do like a little game show about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, VIP section of forums, a lot of cool features. Again, it's as low as a buck a month. If you don't want to do that, if you shop on Amazon, a dead simple, easy way to do it is go to amazon.baldmove.com before you go to Amazon. That'll take you there, and then now your shopping cart is pre-injected with love for Bald Move, and we get a cut out of anything you buy. If you don't live in the Americas, you can go to support.baldmove.com. We have affiliate links in a lot of countries. So uh, if, if you're if you're not in America, the America, the United States of America, that includes Canada. Hmm. 
even though they are part of the Americas proper. Still includes Texas. They're all named after Amerigo Vespucci. Vespucci? <laughs> Vespucci? Yeah. Vespucci. Giuseppe. Americano <laughs> Giuseppe. He invented uh, America. And cappuccinos. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive guy. He is a pretty impressive guy. But yeah, there's there's how you can support us, and we would appreciate it, because it's the only way we can, we can uh, do this uh, full-time independent podcasting for you guys and gals. Okay. Uh, feedback if you like to send us feedback it's breaking good at baldmove.com or forums at baldmove.com please if you're sending an email uh, put in the episode number or title so I can kind of sort it or especially if you're doing that uh, top five cold opens or something identify that too so I can put them in my future box but anyway Liz G had a comment on the ICU episode she said also mentioned that according to the insider podcast it's a play on the words I, I intensive yeah. care unit I see you sure. makes sense yeah and we didn't get that play in the name game because I know we played it a little bit so bad job on us mm-hmm. but yeah breaking good at baldmove.com uh, again we record these out of sequence so it's like if you haven't heard your email read and you sent it a couple weeks ago could just be that I got it out of order so okay or it could just be that slip through the cracks I don't think we need to play the name game on this one no fly is pretty that when the stunt man flew through the air and hit that <laughs> hit that tank uh-huh. that says it all yep anything else that's it let's do your half ass spoiler section I all right guess. how do how do people like uh contact us follow us all that shit oh uh breaking good at baldmove.com at bald or baldmove.com on twitter at baldmove.com facebook.com slash baldmove <laughs> oh my god this is the most half-assed <laughs> forums.baldmove.com i'm gonna talk over it too so nobody can understand <laughs> just go to baldmove.com it's all there all right yeah in every post there's, there's a, a bird and a big f on the front page you can click on those yeah f the bird <laughs> all right so we'll uh we'll do just some brief spoilers after the music if you're into that sort of stuff and if not Be back next week with uh, episode 311. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. And we're back with a brief spoiler section. I just want to talk a little bit about Walt being the bad guy. Uh, Walt's self-reflection and kind of the pressures on Walt. Okay. Because this is certainly not the height of the pressure on Walt. But Oh, you know, after making fun of you, I also want to talk about when would be other, other alt- optimum time to die or okay. to stop Yeah. Um, in this episode. Right after so. he kills Gus. Boom. That was my number one moment, too. That was a great time. I mean, his family, you know, Skyler still hates him, but Junior, never, Junior never knows. I don't well, even know because she was At kinda... that point, she's in on it, right? She's an accountant. Yeah, if he said now we're safe and we have money and I'm I'm sorry to, I'm I I, won. I'm stopping forever. Yeah, yeah, we won. Yeah, I, that 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 was my number one moment. All right, well, enough of that discussion. <laughs> All right, at so, no point in season five. No, because no, he actually does pick the perfect moment, but then the like uh, the the Hank leaves finds and gra- that yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. you're fucked on that. Um, in the middle of season four, he's a, a, a hunted animal. Playing his cat and mouse game with Gus. Yeah, he's so. I mean, he's already a hunted animal. If he decides I'm done cooking, Gus is is coming after him. We had a lot of kind of naive and retrospect discussion about this (laughs) in the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's become increasingly clear that Walter was probably dead. 
Yeah. It's the second he decided to work for, for Gus. Or And he knows or, or not not dead. He was never getting out of the meth game. Yes. He's either gonna cook forever or he's going to die. Yep. I think. Uh and Walt in this episode clearly shows that he knows that. I mean, that's one of the the big things weighing on his conscience here. Um, but yeah, th- this is not the height of pressure on Walt. Walt is uh, surrounded by neo-Nazis later on. He has a f- all-out fight with Gus. Um, Hank's on his tail. He's got to figure out how to deal with that. I mean, th- there are so many other pressures here. Sure. But, but you see Walt's moment of reflection here, I feel, is like a moment for the audience to say, how do we feel about Walt? Yeah, take stock. Yeah, because Walt's like, doing the same himself. You know, here are the reminders, some of the despicable things that have happened. Yeah. And some, you know, moments to do right that I've kind of waved at this, as they passed. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, there's, there's a couple of things maybe that's also kind of spoilery is this episode kind of started the when will Jesse ever find out about Jane and what will happen? Yeah, it kicked it into high gear for sure. And... The the series itself answers that in spectacular fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when Walt has won a victory over Jesse and Jesse is about to be carted off to be tortured endlessly by neo-Nazis. Yeah. He does it just a twist and knife. He gives an oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I, I killed, you know, IKJ. I, K, uh, and, you know, there's, it's funny that there's still people that rep Walter because – he really is a monster. Now, uh, yeah. you know, in in the final episode, Felina, he does a lot to kind of like remember, you know, make us remember the old Walt. And that's, you know, that's another question. Like, I've wondered that too. Is like, is Walt, like, what is good and evil? Is Walt good or evil? Or did circumstances lead him choose a lot of paths that were bad and evil? But at the end, if he stopped that, could he still be a good man? Like this is almost kind of Judeo Christian too, like the born again, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, like, it, like if, if you can, can you actually do that? Can you come back and be a good person after you do vile things? Like it's weird because on the one hand, like if you ask people, society says, well, yes, you know, we, we hope people go to prison and they learn from that and then they rehabilitated right. Yeah. Unless, you know, prison is just a punishment for the wicked. Mm-hmm. I think most reasonable people say, no, what we really want is is people to be punished and then it reform them and they're released. I think that's what everyone says. Whenever time you give someone a particular example, like think about every public figure that's taken a misstep, you know, big or small. Everybody's like, fuck that person. I hope they oh, die. Yeah. You know, very it's like Michael Vick fights dogs, and I hope he never plays in the NFL. I hope he's ruined. Like all these things, it's like, do you really think that? Like what? When you think about the abstract, everyone's a philosopher king. When you think in specific, everyone's a bloodthirsty mob. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, I look at Walt and I, I say, I don't know if that's an evil man because I take into account all of his sure his reasons for doing the things he's doing, and none of them seem particularly evil. Like he's not setting out to kill people. He's not with with intent going out there and doing these things. He's trying to make a product and sell it. And yes, circumstances happen to him and make him do certain things. But he does ultimately make a choice. But I don't think I would call that evil. Hmm. I think I would call that pragmatic misguided poisoning reactionary. a child massacring a dozen guys in jail 
some of them who don't seem like they're particularly bad people. Yeah, I mean, later on, certainly, he, okay. he becomes I evil. Say, like, I, I like just here make... with Jane, I don't ah, think that was evil. No. I, I think it was fucked up. I think it was misguided. I think... I don't know, man. I just, I see why he did what he did, and it was a horrible thing to do. But I don't know that he, I don't know that he's evil for that. Hmm. Well, and again, what is, is good and evil really useful terms when you're talking about things like that? That's a fair question. You know, like Hitler is evil, but I feel like it's, da- you know, this is this is a pretty tropey argument, but like that's kind of a dangerous way to look at him. Because he was a demagogue who happened to get a large civilized country to follow him and, and, and you know, whether how much they are aware of it or not, there's a lot of people that knew what was good, like the truly heinous things they were getting up to. And it's like uh-huh. you sometimes look at uh, various countries, including our own, and you think, well, there but for the grace of God or cooler heads, maybe we could have gone a couple of times and maybe we still yeah. will go in the future because we have our share of demagogues that come up every, every now and then. Sure. So, like I said, like saying that that's evil is like almost like, well, that's an exclusive, almost satanic phenomenon that you never have to worry about. Whereas, like, I think that's what I'm getting at is I think that's why Breaking Bad works is because I can see in certain circumstances me doing the same things that Walt does. And I'd like to flatter myself that I would have drawn a bright (laughs) line somewhere. Yeah. But, like, if I had cancer and if I was ignorant of the drug trade and if I found myself in this situation and I was forced to fight or do this, like... Evil is too black and white. Yeah. And, th- and there's nothing black and white supernatural. about it. Supernatural. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, there's there are crazy people. Like, that's a whole other category that, you know, um, people sure. that have something wrong with them or they're psychopaths or the sociopaths. and mm-hmm. But, you know, more often than not, you know... You have uh, ambitious fuckers with a with a bad worldview that go off, and that's kind of what Walt was. He yeah. had insufficient information to do, make all the choices he did, and he got way over his head. And uh, he did some bad and wrong things along the way, but I I don't know that that makes him pure evil. You know, like I said, I'm 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 getting as like I don't know what you even describe as pure evil if that's a useful term. That seems like a way for people to avoid thinking about underlying issues about things Seems well, it's like just it. evil i yeah. don't need to think about it yeah all right well that might do it for the spoiler section I yeah think i have much more all right me too uh again i'll, I'll give a, a a proper outro uh breaking good at baldmove.com if you got any feedback uh or you can get on our forums at forums at baldmove.com there's a whole breaking good section each episode's got its own thread that you can get up and talk about and, and avoid spoilers uh we'd love to hear from you and uh you can go to baldmove.com or support.baldmove.com to find out how you can help us uh, keep making our free independent podcasts. All right. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.